This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder Uh, The householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at the harvest time I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his, his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us this parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows, the one who sows good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of this age. 
the Son of Man will send His angels and they will collect, you, collect out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers and they will throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone with ears listen. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise to the Lord, the word, the light. Okay, be seated please. I say good afternoon to you. A storyteller usually has one thing to communicate, one point to make, when he or she tells a good story. Thus, it was with Jesus as he began to weave a story for his listeners, especially when it came to his parables. Now, a good story may have twists and subplots that bring secondary points into the story, or add shades of meaning to the main point, but there is still only one point the storyteller desires to pass on to listeners of the story. That's the way it is with this story that Jesus told the crowds in our gospel reading for today. We also have with this story one of the few explanations Jesus gives for one of his stories or parables. He tells the story and after the crowds have gone away, his disciples ask him to explain the story so they can understand. Jesus indulges them and plainly lays out the purpose of the story in no uncertain terms. Now often we try to read too much into the stories and even into Jesus' parables and we miss the main point by focusing on the elements that are only meant to enhance the primary meaning. That would be easy to do with this story. And one of the parts of the story that immediately catches our attention is the enemy, or the devil, as Jesus offers in his explanation. It would be easy to let this revelation take us into a discussion on the personal nature of the enemy of our souls. We could talk about how we would have moved the reality of a personal devil to the side in our theological discussions, and how many people, Christians among them, deny the devil's existence. At the very least, we have painted a caricature of the devil as this harmless little red-faced creature who sits on our shoulder trying to persuade us to satisfy our fleshly indulgences, but he certainly isn't the enemy of our souls. Now, that might be an appropriate discussion, but we would miss the point of the story. Another element that would easily capture our attention is the reality of the judgment at the end of time. With the overwhelming attention given to discussions of end-of-time events, and with the inordinate number of books being published to help us understand what to expect when the apocalypse arrives, it would be a timely discussion, but it would cause us to miss the point of the story. So, what is the point of the story? Let's see if we can discover it together. Jesus began, the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, maybe that's a clue. This is a story about the kingdom. Jesus wants to communicate to his disciples something about living in the kingdom. When Jesus refers to the kingdom of heaven, he unmistakably is referring to God's rule of grace in the world that, is, that was made a reality with the coming of Christ. Don't be confused. Kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven, whenever you see the phrases in the Bible, refer to the same thing. Christ's rule in the world. And though it has not achieved perfection, time and eternity is moving in one direction. So Jesus was giving us a picture of what the kingdom of heaven was like. That picture surprises us as the story unfolds. The farmer sowing wheat would not have surprised us if we lived in that first century. You know, it was a scene well familiar to the people of Palestine. Any spring day would we find a traveler passing many fields where farmers were working to plant seed in preparation of the harvest. Remember, Jesus had just finished telling the story of the sower who went out to sow seed and some fell on rocky ground and some on thorny ground, and some on good fertile ground. Jesus is simply continuing the illustration he began earlier. We are introduced to an enemy 
of the farmer, which wouldn't have been out of or out of the ordinary at the time either. In the first century, one of the greatest threats one person could offer to another was the threat of sowing bad seeds in their fields. It was an act of hatred. It was an act of total disregard, and it was sometimes done in retribution or simply for revenge. The prohibition against sowing bad seed in a person's field was written into Roman law and carried a harsh punishment if you were caught. Sowing bad seed in someone's field is still outlawed in India today. So, this was a familiar scene to the people of the day who were listening to Jesus. Certainly most of the crowd that day would have been also familiar with the weeds Jesus was talking about in the story. The seed was, was Darnell, Darnell, Darnell. In the King James Version of the Bible, or perhaps in some of your translations, the weeds may be as referred to as tares. In the early stages of development, the Darnell so closely resembles the weeds that it was impossible to distinguish between the two. Surprisingly, though, that's what Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like. Wheat and tares, or weeds, growing together, good and evil existing side by side in the kingdom. And often we find that this upsets us. But when we reflect for a moment, we begin to realize that it is true. Who can deny the reality of evil in the world? We see it when we see nations rising against nations. We see it in the eyes of starving, ch of starving children. We see it in the newspaper when we read of another, uh, another homicide committed in our community. We come face to face with evil when we are confronted with another loved one who has been diagnosed with cancer and given six months to live. We may doubt its source, but we can never doubt its reality. We see it even though we believe that God is present here in his creation. Rest assured, God did not create us simply to leave us to our own devices. He is interested and active in the activities happening in his creation, most specifically through the work and person of Jesus Christ, who was the epitome of goodness. Good and evil, wheat and tares, it is all in the mix. Yes, evil is real in the struggles of humanity, and it is real in the struggles within the church. It started that way. Jesus chose 12 disciples. One denied him. They all deserted him. After Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit landed on the early church, even the Spirit-filled Christians couldn't get it right. Luke tells us in Acts chapter 6, verse 31, that there arose a murmuring. And you know, from your own experience, there is no such thing as a perfect church. Some would say you've seen the best and the worst. We look around and we see so much wheat. But in the mix, you must know that there are so many tares. Who among us can deny that wheat and tares grow in the mix of our own lives? We must admit, if we are being honest, that we are all sinners, and even the best of us can be lured by evil from time to time, and even the worst sinners can perform some act of goodness occasionally. Wheat and tares, it is all in the mix. Then we come to the compelling response of the servants. Do you see yourselves in the actions of the servants? They became outraged at the discovery that the Darnell had been uh, sown among the good wheat, and their response is to go and uproot it. Get rid of it. Destroy it. Isn't that our response when we encounter evil in, the, in our midst? Don't we seek to, to root it out? Isn't that what Christ is after too? Didn't he come into the world to overcome evil so that it might be destroyed? Yes, is the answer to all of those questions. The servants and the master were seeking the same end, but they had different perspectives. Let the wheat and tares grow together, the master says. It's all in the mix. 
So why not just uproot the weeds? Well, there are two reasons I can identify with that I can identify why Christ would not allow his servants to uproot evil in the world. First, to begin to root out all the evil in the world would require a wisdom and discernment that, quite frankly, we don't possess. These servants in the, in the story who stood looking out over a troubled field could not tell the difference between the wheat and the darnel, at least not until after the heads appeared on the grain. And by that time, the roots were so intertwined with each other that to pull one would destroy the other. Like weeds growing in the fields, sometimes it's impossible for us to distinguish between what is good and what is evil. There are many things in life that could be seen as good or as evil. What do I mean? I think first of alcohol. Jesus and his disciples shared the fruits of the vine as they ate and enjoyed fellowship. And life is truly enjoyable when we can relax with our friends or spouses and sip a nice glass of wine, building relationships with one another and enjoying the fruits of God's bountiful creation. That is what indeed that is wheat indeed. But the same wine can leave a person broken and lonely, out of work, and without a family. That, my friends, is evil. And it grows right alongside the wheat. And it is difficult for us to distinguish when that line has been crossed. We could use a similar analogy with gambling, or as some like to call it, gaming. We say it's a wonderful form of entertainment. It provides jobs and promotes economic development. All good things. Wheat, we might say. But again, when we see a person who sits and feeds their entire paycheck into a machine that's robbing their home and family, it's obviously evil. Ah, and money. How can we forget money? Money can be used as a great tool for the good. The abundance of generosity can provide for hospitals and schools and homes and food and clothing and so many other necessities that people need. Philanthropy has been a great source of blessing for thousands of years. But that same thing that can be used for good can also be used for selfish purposes, hoarded by people who only serve themselves. Remember a passage in the Bible that says, the love of money is the root of evil. Wheat and tares growing together. And we can't often tell the difference. And the second reason Christ has not called us to uproot the tares or weeds is stated right in the heart of the story itself. It will damage the wheat. By the time the wheat is distinguishable from the tares, the roots are already entangled. Pulling the tares will also pull the wheat, damaging the roots. Pulling not only the tares, but the wheat as well. When we go to root out evil, we might in fact damage the very one God was hoping to save. What do I mean? In our zeal to rid the world of evil, we can become harsh and hard, or we can appear that, that we are others. Much like the holy war, right? Similar to that, yes. That's one of the, one of the things that, uh, talking about holy war, it's, it's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? I know, right? right? Okay, so that's a good example there. Uh, we can be harsh or hard, and that we can appear that way to others, assuming that we are, in fact, wheat ourselves. Our harshness or hardness becomes a barrier in two respects. First, we become hard or what might seem cold-hearted in regards to the hurts and needs of others, and we fail to reach out to them in grace. And secondly, we become hardened in our hearts to the grace of God, seeking to reach us. The Amish still practice shunning. When one of them is found in sin or chooses a path outside the norm from their culture, that person is shunned. There are other Christian groups who practice disfellowshipping, where a sinner is kicked out until they confess and repent. 
more than once this practice has driven not only the offender out, but those in his or her extended family. We cut them off from the grace of God by our actions. Rarely has shunning, ostracism, excommunication, or expulsion led a person to a better life. No tear pulling is a focus on the negative of the kingdom at the, at the expense of what which is positive. And there is where we find the remedy of the farmer in the story. Let them grow together, the farmer says, and then we will separate them when the harvest comes. Laborers were hired when harvest time came, and if there were tares in the wheat, it was their job to separate them because they could easily distinguish one from another, and the good wheat was saved. But until that time, it was all still in the mix. Jesus was telling the servants, it's time now to focus on the wheat. The only way to destroy evil is to focus on the good. It was the Apostle Paul who suggested this remedy to the Roman Christians. He said to them, don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. Romans chapter 12, verse 21. That is the way of the master, too. Jesus said things like, do unto others as you want them to do to you. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Jesus showed us the goodness of God. And it was his goodness that overcame the depth of evil in the world on that cross in Calvary. And it was his resurrection that overcame the evil of death, hell, and the grave on that first Easter morning. Perhaps Jesus knew we would have a hard time rooting out the evil in the kingdom because we have such a hard time rooting the evil out in our own lives. Only when we come to Jesus, embrace his method for overcoming the evil in ourselves, can we begin to show the world the face of Jesus through our actions as men and women for others. And when we do that, we show the world the face of Jesus. Then, they also begin to throw away the evil within themselves. Amen. It is time for everybody's favorite part of the service. That's right, the announcements. All right, the announcements, folks. Here we go. Short and sweet. Here we go. Uh, you know, you can't make a difference. We are a church of all volunteers here at Dallas, Dallas Universal Life Church. Nobody here takes a salary, not even myself. The only way we make it is through our tithings of our community here and through wonderful donations from people out there in YouTube, uh, YouTube land and Podcastville and, and the world. And we are grateful for that. And we could use your help. The only way we keep our doors open is through your donations. And we, like I said, could use your help. Please go to DallasVLC.com and click on Donate. There you can make a tax-deductible donation to Dallas Future Life Church. If you believe in what we're saying here, if you see some hope in this message of a true Christianity that needs to be taught again to the world, if you believe in, in our, our message of a, an all-loving, all-forgiving, all-encompassing God, please continue consider making a donation to Dallas Church Life Church. We really could use the help, and that's the only way we stay on the air and we stay here in this building and keep coming to you every week. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. If you have one of those, you need one of these. It's, a, it's an email address, folks. It's feedback at DallasVLC.com. Just simply send us an email that, uh, send us an email there, or you could also go to DallasVLC.com and click on Contact Us, and you can fill out the form there, and give us a compliment, concern, or suggested complaint right there as well. Okay, pretty self-explanatory there. Okay. Now, 
I talked about uh, making a difference earlier and making a donation to Dallas Friends Life Church. And then whenever I talk about that, talk about money, I always get this, this person that comes up to me and says, you know, Bishop, I love the church. I want to be a part of the church. I want to my money. Now, I'm going to skip that. I'm good too. I don't have any money either. So you can do what I do. You volunteer, just like all of us here. All of us are volunteers here at that church, at this church. So simply go to DallasUSC.com. Click on the button for volunteer. There you'll see a list of the positions we have available. Your time is your money, folks. We need your help. If you don't see something you like there in that, in that list of, of available positions, please come on in anyway. We've got plenty of work here. There's, there's uh, never a day that goes by this that something is not finished. There's not enough hours in the day, and we could use your help. DallasFieldC.com, click on volunteer. You can sign up there, or you can just simply come in and see me, and I'll definitely put you to work, I promise. All right. Pray at DallasFieldC.com. Pray at DallasFieldC.com. you got a request for prayer. That's what you need. That's an email address. Pray at DallasFieldC.com. Just simply send us an email. You can remain anonymous or you can give us your name. We do pray every day here at Dallas, Dallas Fields for Life Church. You can ask that your prayers be said during our daily prayers or to be said during the prayers of intercession on Sundays with the rest of the congregation. Not only can you send us an email at pray at DallasFieldC.com, but you can also go to DallasFieldC.com and click on prayer requests. There's also a form there. You can send your prayer requests that way as well. Do you know we have two podcasts? We do. We have two podcasts. I'm not going to go too far into them today. We have the first one's been around for about six years, which is your path with Bishop Mark, and the second one, which is the newest one, Life Lessons with Bishop Mark. Firstly, your path with Bishop Mark, how do you find it? Very simple. You go to your favorite, favorite search provider, type in your path with Bishop Mark. Go to one of your podcast providers, type in your path with Bishop Mark. We're out there, folks. It's very simple to find. Or you can simply go to Alexa, if anybody has Alexa in their home, in, in their home and say, Alexa, play your path, and it will play your path with Bishop Mark. That's our sermons, our, our services, things like that are going to be on that on that, uh, that particular podcast. The other podcast, Life Lessons with Bishop Mark. That's what I call the TikTok of our podcast. And exactly what it says is, is life lessons. And they're very short life lessons, three to five minutes along. Great for the people who you know are in a hurry or just want to catch a little bit of something of the church. There you go. Life Lessons with Bishop Mark. Same way you do it here. Go to your favorite search provider, type in Life Lessons with Bishop Mark. Go to your favorite podcast provider out there, type in Life Lessons with Bishop Mark. Now, if you can't find them that way, which I know you can, but if you can't, you can always go to DallasVLC.com and click on the link there for Your Path with Bishop Mark or, or Life Lessons with Bishop Mark. They're all right there, very easy for you to find, okay? Please check out our podcast. We'd really appreciate it. All right. Guess what? Guess what's coming up? Guess what? How many days is it till November the 4th? You're close. What? You're close. It's going to come here in 104 days. That's not very long, folks. Okay, who here has signed up? Anybody? And hey, my birthday's coming up, too. Okay, great. August 7th, 1984. Great. <clears throat> but we're not being subjective here. We're talking about doing for others now. I know. So, if you haven't signed up for the walk into Alzheimer's, I'd appreciate it if you go ahead and do that. Um, you cl click on DallasFieldC.com, and you can click on Walk to End Alzheimer's. We're right there. Or you can go to that web, that web address right there, act.alz.org slash go to slash D-U-L-C. And again, act.alz.org slash go to slash D-U-L-C. That's where you sign up. You can also make donations there to our to our group. Who This is, I think, our ninth, eighth or ninth year. I, I'm not sure which. I, I think it's our ninth. Because the church has been here for six or seven years, right? Yeah, it's been nine years. Okay, this will be our ninth year of doing this. Um, as many of you know, I lost my, my grandmother uh, a few couple of years back to Alzheimer's. Don Halstall lost his, uh, his mother to Alzheimer's. And all of us have been touched in one way or another by Alzheimer's. And look, it, when you join the group, there's the thing I'm going to push this year. This year. We've really got to do this, folks. I appreciate y'all joining. I appreciate y'all walking every year. I do. But we have to raise some money. That's the whole idea of this, is to raise awareness, but also to raise money for funds. They just, they just, they just some great news just came out. They, they have approved 
a new drug for the early onset Alzheimer's. It seems to be working and stopping some of this stuff from happening. That's because of us. That's because of this, this, this group right here, this walks and things like that, funding that. We need to get more money for that to stop this thing, okay? So look, sign up, get signed up, and get out there and talk to people about Alzheimer's. I guarantee you when you bring it up, they will have a story. They will know something about it. They, they will have, everybody's been touched by this. So we need your help, and that's how we do it. We walk, we, we spread awareness, and we raise the funds to help stop this, okay? So please go and get signed up. It's only, 104 days is not that long. That's three months. That's not very long. And there's some great incentives, folks, that if you, if you, win, if you make more money, you can get prizes and things. So please, go, go sign up, really. I, I would really appreciate it. And I do, I, please don't take it that I don't appreciate y'all every year for coming. I do. We volunteer. I, it's, it's a great time for all, but we work our butts off, and I do appreciate it. But I need you to work your butts off a little more this year. Guess what? Boo. Let us rise for our dismissal.